Welcome back. I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor of today's episode of North American Deer Talk, CNE Wildlife Products. CNE Wildlife is a trusted leader in biotechnology for the cervid industry. They offer microencapsulated bacteria products that are research supported through Texas Tech University. With more than 30 years of experience and commitment to all natural probiotics, this product line continues to be a mainstay in herd management programs across North America. And the reason is simple. They are passionate about the cervid industry. They have products for elk, whitetail, muleys, red deer, and more. With products ranging from Fawn Paste and Electromax to Guardian Plus, Whitetail Energy Pack, Jumpstart, or their ever-popular Top Score Extreme, they just flat out work. We've been a CNE Wildlife product user for more than 15 years. To learn more about CNE Wildlife, check out episode 54 of North American Deer Talk, a probiotics masterclass with CNE owner Sadie Horrocks, and give her a call today to start using the products we do here. Hey, it's the Deer Wizard, host of North American Deer Talk. I want to tell you about a great new advertising and research platform that we've developed for you, CWDbreeding.com. You know, as the deer industry continues to mature and develop around chronic wasting disease and its known genetic heritability, resources like CWDbreeding.com become essential tools for deer managers across the country making decisions about their herds. I really wanted a platform that excelled at hosting GBV and codon markers in a filterable and searchable manner, but I also wanted to have high quality pictures, videos, ages, scores, NADAR numbers, and a whole host of other information to go along with that. This database puts everything in one easy to find location and allows you to access the industry's greatest genetic resources. I look forward to seeing all the great bucks that people have to offer in one easy to find location, cwdbreeding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. If you're not a YouTube fan, we do it over at Rumble as well. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you. We are located at all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and many others. So um, it's going to be a new show. I'm, I've been kind of following along with this particular topic, um, you know, for quite some time. I am not up to date near as much as uh, some in the industry. So we're going to be talking about chronic wasting disease in Texas today. Uh, I've been getting some updates from TDA, DBC, Parks and Wildlife, etc. So I want to start with some context here. Uh, we've talked with uh, Kevin Davis uh, from the Texas Deer Association. He's the executive director over there. We have also I spoke with uh, John True, who's the, the past president. I have not got a chance to talk with uh, Jody Phillips, who's the current president of the TTA, but I hope to do that soon. Uh, Jody, if you're listening, um, you have a, an open invitation here to come on the show and um, chat with everybody. So I will, uh, I'll probably just, I'll reach out and 
uh, send send Jody a, an invite. But it's a good good platform. This is open to um, to folks in the industry who who you know have some messaging they want to get out. So we try to try to use this for for all different things. Um, so we're talking uh, CWD. Texas has taken a, a very uh, interesting stance. So on one side of of the table, you have you know the the deer breeders and ranchers in Texas who have been doing everything they've been asked to do uh, from a CWD uh, quote unquote management standpoint. This is to include uh, inventories, movement papers, postmortem testing, live testing. Uh, the big one is the live testing. They have done more live testing than the rest of the nation combined. I'm sure that's a verifiable stat. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but they've tested tens of thousands of animals. So as many of you know, with increased uh, sampling and testing, you are going to find chronic wasting disease in deer. We know this. Uh, we also know that the Texas deer breeders have been on the forefront of implementing technologies such as uh, breeding for low susceptibility to chronic wasting disease or lower susceptibility to chronic wasting disease. And they use tools like GBV and the codon markers to, um, you know, start to uh, change the genetic makeup of their herd for this lower susceptibility to disease. This is not a, a disputable uh, statement. This is a fact. So we have this, right? And I want to highlight something that I thought was uh, quite interesting. And that was, and I, again, I don't know a ton about this, but I, I wanted to kind of bring this to your attention so you can look into it and research it further. If you're in Texas, I'm sure you know way more of the details than I do. Um, so I have the Texas standard pulled up here. And there's an article from today. It is written by Michael Marks. He's the agriculture and animals uh, person over at the Texas Standard Original. The headline, a national lab didn't detect disease in Texas deer, but the state had already euthanized them. Hmm. So, Parks and Wildlife, basically what they did is they had an animal die at the uh, Kerr Wildlife Facility or Research Facility. This is my understanding, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the I'm gonna get to the article. I'm gonna read you guys the article so you you know what uh, what is being reported. But basically, an animal had died. Um, they do CWD testing there, and the animal tested positive for chronic wasting disease. Now, the way these state labs are set up, this is my understanding, this is how we do it here in Pennsylvania, is when they find a positive case of chronic wasting disease in a state lab, they send that to the NVSL lab. This is the national lab in Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa runs the test, and this is to verify the results. In this case, with this Kerr Research Facility that had been around for more than 50 years, right, or 50 years or so, um, that verification test at Ames 
came back as non-detect. I don't know what happened in the Texas lab, but not good. Now, I will say this, in Pennsylvania, every case of chronic wasting disease that has been found um, through the, the Paddles Lab or the uh, Pennsylvania Animal Diagnostic uh, Lab System that has been sent out for verification has been accurate, non-detect or positive. They've never missed one. So I have plenty of confidence here in our, our lab. This, on the other hand, is a different story. Now, I understand that mistakes are made in a lab, but here's the kicker. When they found that positive, instead of waiting for the verification process to take place, and when I say they, I mean Texas Parks and Wildlife, they went ahead and euthanized the herd, which is a research herd, which seems kind of odd. you think this, uh, this kind of state-operated herd would be something that they would want to research out of a quote-unquote abundance of caution, they depopulated that herd, found no other CWD. Why would they? There was no CWD there. So instead of just being patient, waiting for, it takes about two weeks, a two-week verification, they went in and killed that herd. I'm going to jump into this article. I have some other comments. It, it, it uh, I'm sure it's, number one, very frustrating, but number two, blows my mind that something like this happened, and it, it, shows, a, it shows an agency that lacks some checks and balances, and um, is, is probably a little overzealous with their, their um, you know, management efforts for chronic waste disease. Let's jump into this article. Again, this is uh, from the Texas Standard. You can find this over at texasstandard.org. Um, I'm sure if you just type in CWD into their search feature, you'll find it. I'll link, I'll link to this article down in the show notes too. All right, title. I already read it. I'm going to read it again. A national lab didn't detect disease in Texas deer but the state had already euthanized them. Parks and wildlife officials were trying to stop chronic waste and disease from spreading out of the Kerr Wildlife Management Area. Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, TPWD, sent out a notice on December 1st, 2023, that it had euthanized a whole herd of white-tailed deer at the Kerr Wildlife Management Area in Hill Country. The Kurt WMA, the Wildlife Management Area, had hosted a herd of deer for research for nearly 50 years, but TPWD officials decided to depopulate the herd after a 14-month-old male deer tested positive for chronic waste and disease, or CWD. CWD is a neurological disease that's fatal. I noticed they're, they're starting to remove the always fatal part to their, their articles when they're talking about CWD, which I think is a very accurate uh, way to be reporting on these issues. Uh, is a, sorry, I interjected there. CWD is a neurological disease that's fatal for animals like deer, elk, and moose. It's also contagious and has spread through Texas deer for more than a decade. I think the first case was found in 2012. Back on script. TPWD staff didn't know how it got into the facility, which is surrounded by several high fences. It turns out, however, that the deer the department said was positive for CWD may not have had the disease after all. A 
as part of their normal procedure, TPWD sent a tonsil sample from the deer to the National Veterinarian Service Laboratories in Ames, Iowa. That's the NVSL lab, that's the national lab, that's the gold standard for CWD testing in the United States. That lab has the final word on the presence of the disease. In this case, they did not confirm the positive result, which shocked a lot of people. Quote, to this point, all 600 and, and some samples that we've submitted to the NVSL lab there in Iowa for confirmation had been confirmed. So it's extremely rare occurrence for us not to receive confirmation, said John Silvoski. I apologize if I butchered your name, John. I do not know you. He's the wildlife director uh, for uh, TPWD. Silvoski, Silovoski uh, said, in an earlier confirmation, test agreed that the deer was infected. That was done by Texas A&M Medical, Medical Diagnostic Lab and a partner lab in Wisconsin. That's a, very, uh, that's a very interesting dynamic that they have a lab in Wisconsin as well. The opinion of Wisconsin and Texas labs were that the results were weak positive but convincing. And then when the Iowa NBSL lab looked at, looked at it, they observed that staining was present, but they didn't believe it was truly positive, he said. Okay, end quote. These tests don't necessarily give yes or no results. Sometimes it's more like analyzing shades of gray. The sample for the Kerr County deer showed, amount, showed some amount of proteins that caused the disease. Whether that meant the deer had full-blown chronic wasting disease came down to a difference of opinion between the labs. I hear a power struggle going on. What was clear though is that the disease had not spread through the 70 or so deer in the herd. The lab in Iowa analyzed samples from all the Kerr research deer and none of them came back positive. By the time TPWD officials knew this, the deer were already dead. We have live testing for this, guys. Come on. We don't need to be killing all these animals. It is, it is reckless at this point. We have a very capable and competent uh, group of people that can implement live testing. We should use it more. My thoughts. Back to the article. Sorry. They made the decision. Sorry. Uh, yeah, they made the decision to euthanize the herd before getting confirmation from the national lab. Silovoski said... They did this because all other tests of this kind they had sent to Iowa had been confirmed. They also wanted to eliminate any possible spread from the Kerr facility and to set a good example. Quote, being that these were in our research facility and our intent to be a little more proactive in this process and hold ourselves to a higher standard than we may than we may on a deer breeder was part of the decision-making process. End quote, he said. Deer breeders who raise whitetails for trophy hunts are amongst the most affected by how the state manages CWD. They've long been critical of the regulations, including in some instances, a requirement to euthanize their entire herd after a positive test. 
the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission met in Austin on Thursday. That would be the 25th, in part to discuss new rules for CWD. Several people took the opportunity to speak out about Kerr County, about the deer in Kerr County. Quote, Texas Parks and Wildlife has employed one mission when faced with the possibility of CWD, no matter how low risk it might be, that is to kill, 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 said William Omeg of Blue Creek Whitetails out of Falfuris. If I'm butchering these names, I apologize. It's not one of my, my strong suits. I hope I got those, those names right. Wendy Schmidt told the commissioners that ending 50 years of research at the Kerr facility was embarrassing. Someone from Texas Parks and Wildlife jumped the gun and slaughtered the healthy white-tailed deer before confirmation of a negative test result was received. We Texans own those deer and our tax money provided the millions of dollars supporting that research facility, she said. Spot on there. Jody Phillips said she thought the commissioners were at least listening to their concerns and making headway. Phillips raises whitetails in East Texas, and this is the president of the Texas Deer Association, which represents deer breeders. However, TPWD handled the positive result at the Kerr facility, gave her pause at the state's ability to manage the disease, however. Quote, that decision was made off of the assumptions and not fact. And the people who made those decisions are the same people who are calling the shots for all deer breeders in the state of Texas, end quote, Phillips said. So Lavosky, the wildlife head for TPWD, stands by the decision to euthanize the Kerr whitetails. Environmental samples from the soil and feeding areas where the deer lived came back positive for the proteins that cause CWD. Those results haven't been consistent, but he says they'll keep testing. That's the end of the article. Whew. What a mess. That's, that's all I can say. What a mess. Now, there's been a ton of efforts in Texas to work through this CWD issue. And again, as I said in my commentary in the beginning of the show, the Texas breeders have gone above and beyond what anyone else is remotely close to doing in the state of Texas for managing chronic wasting disease. They test far more post-mortem and live test. Inventories, tagging, tagging requirements, tattooing, microchipping, the list goes on and on. My take when I when I read this when I when I read this article, there's a there's a, a confidence crisis that seems to be emerging, and it's very challenging to know what to believe, right? So when you look at an agency like Texas Parks and Wildlife that's been around a long time and, and is entrusted with 
you know, having appropriate responses to disease and managing and maintaining, uh, you know, a population. I think Texas has 5.4 million whitetails. It's the largest herd of whitetails in the United States. You know, Texas is a massive state. They, they had at one time one of the largest um, deer breeding uh, programs anywhere. Uh, they certainly have, you know, probably space-wise more high fence ranches than anybody in the country. Most of the state's privately owned. Um, there's got to be this relationship and a trust between private property owners, ranch owners, and these types of agencies. And when you have actions that that highlight some of these, in my opinion, inequities of of how they deal with uh, certain things, specifically around chronic wasting disease, it it it, call, it certainly can call into question some of the competency of the folks that are making these decisions. I understand, and I can relate to what chronic wasting disease is today and how it's it's perceived in the the public eye, how it's perceived in in deer breeders' eyes. Um, because I've, I've witnessed it firsthand here in Pennsylvania and certainly, you know, in, in other states, you know, like I think we're up to 30 states now, a bunch of provinces, Canada, so on and so forth that have found CWD. And, and there's, there's certainly a, there's certainly a, um, you know, a concerted effort to try to deal with this disease, right? Um, but if you're, if you're going to be implementing these types of testing protocols, to um, have some sort of, of standard where you know the process of how the tests are conducted, how the samples are taken, and then the, the you know, appropriate way to, to work through those before making decisions, why would you, why would you not do that? Because you, you've done it 600 times before You've sent 600 samples in and they've always confirmed your results. That's, that's, not a, that's, that's not right. It's just not right. Those, those standard operating procedures are in place. There may, it may even be some sort of um, like an internal memo at Parks and Wildlife. Maybe it's in their handbook. Maybe it's part of their regulatory operating status. It, I'm sure it's written. Like, these are the steps we take. This is how the chain of custody is performed. Um, we verify all our tests for a reason. And it would be different if it was a one-off animal and no other animals were killed and, and part of a depopulation event, but it wasn't. We we found it to be positive, so we just went ahead and, and killed all these animals. Ugh. I, I, I don't I don't get it. Two weeks, that's all they had to wait. And VSL would have said, no, we, we don't find it positive. Then they could have went back and forth on the results if there were some questions. They could have done some more sampling, more testing. But that didn't happen. And now we have a a 50-year-long history of having this research facility that um, uh, Wendy, I think was her name, pointed out that taxpayers have subsidized and funded to the tune of millions of dollars, and it's gone. 
It's gone. That history's gone. You can't get it back. It's irresponsible. Now, I, I, I apologize. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little fired up, but like when you're, when you're doing these, if, if you are, if you are a government agency and your responsibility is to, is to ensure that, you know, certain segments of wildlife, agriculture, animals are, are protected from disease, you owe it to the people that, that pay your bills and keep your programs funded and, and pay your salaries. These are taxpayers. To, to make sure that you take the necessary steps to ensure that everything has this check and this balance on it and that you're making the best appropriate decisions at the time. This was not one. And not only, not only does it, it show this kind of overzealous nature of, of how chronic wasting disease can affect how people think, but... Instead of turning this into a, a showcase, a highlight of how an appropriate response should be and what that Kerr facility meant to so many people and what it, what it could, could garner in the future through, it's a research facility, through showing leadership on a, on a state level but also a national level to do live testing, to do all sorts of different diagnostics that I know are kind of in the pipeline with some of the best researchers in the world on this stuff. And then couple that with uh, its own program on uh, genomics with the leading researcher from uh, Texas A&M who happened to do the test um, on the on the positive animal and working with Dr. Christopher Seabury, a professor over there, they said, nope, kill them all. This has got to stop. We have to we have to be rational about how we're we're looking at this disease. There is an overwhelming growing body of evidence that we will be able to manage this disease just like they did in scrapies. And I know there are some different dynamics about how the whitetail interacts with, with prions, but I, I think we have, we've already laid a really good foundation to um, what the future can look like for whitetail management. So this is a blunder and, and this, in an already emotionally charged, hot political environment, you just, you lose confidence in the people that you need most to implement disease management, and that's hunters. So I wanna to touch on the Texas Deer Association um, email that I got this morning. I'll try to keep my commentary out of this, and um, I just wanted to provide this update. and Just some of my quick thoughts on this as I, as I see these things come through. I've been meaning to talk about this for a little bit and, and we will continue to, to talk about it because I, I think it's important. So this is from uh, Jody Phillips, TDA president. Jody, appreciate you putting these out. Um, 
Uh, good morning, uh, TDA members and Texas deer breeders. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission is having a um, is scheduled to take action on new CWD zones. Uh, the commission is accepting public comment, so on and so forth. So she's provided some of her, her thoughts um, and some bullet points. So I want to read these out because they're I think they're good. I think they're really good. Um, and this is in relation to the CWD zones, um, but it speaks to a bigger picture of CWD management generally. So spot on to TDA for getting these out. Thank you, Jody. As a Texas landowner and hunter, I am opposed to the proposed amendments. It lists the, the um, uh, specific bill numbers and sections in the regulation. Concerning containment zones, restrictions, uh, surveillance zones, uh, and some of the things that the commission is going to deal with. CWD zones are punitive. CWD zones negatively impact real estate values. CWD zones provide a distinctive, sorry, a disincentive for landowner cooperation and hunter harvest sampling because of the negative connotation they place on the landscape. Very true. No CWD zone has ever been removed. So this is in Texas. We've, we've removed one up here in, in Pennsylvania, um, but we haven't seen that in, in Texas as of yet. That could change, hopefully it does change. Uh, deer breeders test 100% of mortalities and 100% of deer prior to movement anywhere. Zones are not needed as a measure to control movement of live deer. Mm -hmm. The adoption of statewide carcass disposal rules would further negate the need for CWD zones to govern the movement of carcasses. Yep. The removal of CWD zones would incentivize Texas landowners and hunters to participate in statewide surveillance efforts as the fear of new zones or additional labels would be removed. Want to get participation? You got you to make it not punitive. Removing CWD zones will increase landowner participation, hunter participation, and hunter recruitment in Texas. Sincerely, Jody Phillips, TDA president. I agree with all those. And there's, there, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure we could pull a bunch of the, the Texas breeders and they would have a whole pile of, of, uh, of stuff there. So yeah, I, um, I think that the, and I, I, talked about this a little bit. I think these wildlife agencies um, in their response to the CWD are continuing to do the exact opposite of what they want to do. In its current form, depopulation, increased hunter harvest to slow the spread of the disease has slow the spread of the disease. We can say eradicate the disease has not worked. Slowing the spread, spread of the disease is debatable. I'll give you a specific instance. Our county that has the most CWD, 85% of all CWD cases in Pennsylvania come from Bedford County. 
most of the CWD in our state is there. It's, it's elsewhere, but it's there. They have been working on increased harvest, sharpshooter events, depopulations, etc., for 14 years. The prevalence just five or so years ago was 3%. Do you know what it is this year? Take a guess. Drop your guess down in the comments. 30 in five years, 30%. Oh, and did I mention they're testing uh, 25 to 40% less animals than they have in the past. We, we need, we need a, different, a different path forward. We are actively seeing tools come online with live testing and genomic work that are having and will have impact on what the future of whitetail management looks like. We need to, we need to change how we do this. I think everybody, everybody with some common sense agrees to that. So I wanted to give you that update. Um, I wanted to keep it brief. Sorry I went off on some tangents while I was reading the article. Um, it's, it's really frustrating. I don't even live in Texas. Um, I feel for all you. I, I, I don't. Y'all keep fighting a good fight. Keep working at it. Um, it, it will... It will continue to resonate with people. The coalition um, that is opposed to draconian CWD regulations will grow. You will continue to get buy-in from landowners, hunters, to come along with the deer breeders as they see uh, scientific advancements and implementation of programs that make sense and I hope that continues. So, you know, you want more information, you can head over to the Texas Parks and Wildlife um, website there. Certainly check out uh, TDA DBC. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I, I'm, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around why these things are happening um, right now, but. I think we'll come out the other side of this. I'm optimistic that we'll come out of the other side of this. If I can do anything for anybody, let me know. With that, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk. <laughs>